the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Welcome to Dreams Not Memes Podcast. Hello everyone, this is another episode of Dreams Not Memes. I'm here with my friend Estefania, who is a pianist, currently based in Boston, but is from uh, Cuba. And today we're going to talk to Estefania about her journey. How's it going? Hello, thank you for having me here. Anytime, anytime. So <laughs> how did you get into playing piano? So first of all, my dad is a pianist. <laughs> so I so I was raised uh, seeing my dad practicing piano and concerts in Cuba. So everyone around me was a musician. And uh, I just fell in love like since I was a kid. I have like a, a, a really funny photo of me just trying to play the piano. I posted it on Instagram and everyone was like, yeah, that was for you, for, for sure, because I was like enjoying that moment. And also like my whole family, like my my mom, she didn't want to like push me into piano. So she took me to see ballet, a, a ballet teacher, a sports teacher, because many people was like, oh my God, like she has like her physical, like she, she can do it. And she was like, no, let's see, let's see. She took me to theater. She took me to um, like contemporary dance. And at the end, she asked me, like, what do you like the most? And I was like, no, I want to I want to I want to play the piano like daddy. And then she was like, OK, so let's do it. So I did the exam in Cuba. You have to do like aptitude exams to get inside the school. And I did it like when I was like six years or seven. And then I got inside the school since I was seven years. So I started music and piano. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I just I started there and all my fam- all my family is related to music. So it was around me the whole time, which it was really good. That's really good, especially when like you're brought into music because yeah. it then feels a lot more natural. Exactly. Was, there, was there ever a time like growing up where you felt like I need to stop playing music? I mean, I feel weird about asking that question, but I still want to know because like keep in mind, a lot of times people are saying like, I found music because of like high school or whatever, but you grew into it. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was like, for example, I was, I'm a classical pianist, uh, I'm, a, I'm trained in the classical music. I started at seven years old playing classical mm-hmm. music. And I have to admit that, and I, I just realized now when I came to the States that how tough it is to be a classical pianist. So at some point I was like, you have to be very brave and you have to be like, you have to pers- persevere like the whole time. You have to be like very, uh, um, you have to practice all the time. And when you have seven years old, you don't want to be doing that. You want to be in the street, playing with your friends, riding a bike or something. But like my mom, my family helped me a lot to like get into that discipline. My piano instructor, she was like, this is, if you want to do this, you want to do like, you have to do this. So, so you get to that, that discipline since you are very little. So I started just sitting in the piano by myself without no one telling me like, you have to practice the piano. <laughs> no one yelling at me. When I was like nine or 10 years, I already felt like the need to go to practice the piano. I need to do it. I need to do it and I cannot stop. And then I can go to play. So it's kind of like um, military. <laughs> like you're like, mm, I have to do this and then I can go to play. So that's basically like, so at some point it's like very, since it's very strict and sometimes you're like, uh, we have like musicians, I think that musicians we have like, especially like classically trained, we have at that point, it's like, like a tough times. We always have like a tough time. And we have very strict people around us. Like it's very competitive. 
and you need to be like very sure if you wanna if you wanna be there or either you just okay let's change the instrument or quit music that has happened i saw that a lot in classical music so i luckily i was very lucky to be one of the ones that i instead of like like i think that the classical uh, observatory uh, they just like push you a little bit and you can either stay there or like grow and i feel like i'm one of those that grow and i just kept going instead of like quitting music or changing my instrument which is so i'm happy <laughs> no no i completely understand that i mean like uh you kind of like address the brutal reality like to be good at music is also to become disciplined at your craft whether you like whether you are the musician that doesn't know anything about theory but you play your instrument like to be expressive is a practice and a discipline and yes. that's the bottom line truth and, yes. and, I, and I, I like that you said that yeah you're a kid and it's not you you can you love the instrument and you like how it sounds but you're a kid so that's like exactly. i have had students here and and i have to explain that to the parents like you need to teach your kid like discipline because it's they want to they want to play like they want to play in the street so yeah it's, it's a tough time but then you, you just get used to it no completely right <laughs> so then how did you take yourself from like childhood to going from cuba over to berkeley like i mean not every step of the way but like how did how did you transition to that so i so i did like 13 years uh in Cuba, studying music, 13 years in the in the Cuban music school, and uh, um, a Berkeley Berkeley group went to Cuba, and uh, I I went to that concert, and one of the teachers like he he's a friend of us, he's a he's a, a saxophone player saxophone player from Berkeley and also like uh, electronic production at Berkeley. And he's a friend of my family, and I I saw the concert like it, it was so new. Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is like it was completely different to what I was used to, and I, I was like, this is very interesting. Like I want to know more about about school. And also my dad, he he knew a lot about Berkeley. Like I never thought I was gonna go to Berkeley because it's like I was I was like very into classical music, and th at that point I was like, no classical music. But then it's like you start like. When, having my dad next to me like playing popular music like Trova from Cuba and other musicians like that they play like jazz or Latin jazz like like Chucho or Gonzalo I was like I love classical music but this is new and I, I want to like I want to check what is what is jazz I want I want to see that even if I was not like raised into that but I wanted I was very curious and and then after that concert like this professor um, he so this was the thing when I was in high school at Ber I was like I don't know 16 17 years old so uh, he showed a video of me like you can uh, audition for Berkeley uh, through videos you can send a video and he did the favor to me to like do a, like he had a video of me when I was like even like younger and he showed it to to the jury at Berkeley and they accepted me for the five week to do the five week in 2016 I was 18 years old and when he told me, I showed your video and you got the scholarship for this. And I was like, okay. Eh? <laughs> I was totally in shock. And my, my parents were like, you got to do it, you got to do it. And it was really funny because with the visa, <laughs> since it's Cuba, it was really hard. And at some point I thought like, okay, I'm not going to Berkeley. No worries. And no, 
then because it, it got lost like no one could find my i20 where was my i20 in the middle of the sea we don't know <laughs> that's not funny but like the way you said that was funny i know <laughs> it was it was. Yeah. Well, I, for me was, I was so stressed but uh, but then when it when it happened i was like i tell that to everyone it's like i was like it's in the middle of the sea and no one found it because no one could found it and then berkeley had to send another i20 for me for my visa and they just sent it like a week later after the program started so i came later a few mm. days later but i was here and and that's how i how i got into berkeley like to see berkeley and then after that when i was in the in the five week i applied for the school which i didn't thought i was gonna i was gonna get such a good scholarship honestly congrats i mean that that's something that's really like not hard i mean not easy to do and and, yeah. and you know like to be able to get that level of accolades and then sustain that is yeah shows a sign that discipline does pay off. Exactly. <laughs> you know, to, to be completely, so so if you're a musician and you're listening, and um, whether you know myself or Espanillo, you're just listening to be listening, just remember discipline pays off. Yeah. So uh, let's take a quick break and then learn more about what you're doing now and your future goals. Quick message. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Dreams.Memes. Please make sure to follow Dreams.Memes podcast on your preferred streaming channel or on Instagram at Dreams.Memes podcast. To support Dreams.Memes podcast, feel free to contact me at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for advertising or sponsorship opportunities. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, now we're back. So can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing now? Like, are you still a student or are you are you done at Berkeley? Yeah, no, I'm still starting. I, okay. um, so I started at, when I first came, I, I was like, okay, I want to get into jazz. I want to learn jazz. But also I saw between the options, uh, on the options to study at Berkeley, I saw film scoring, mm. which, which is also one of my dad's dream. Like when he... This is like a personal thing, but it's really funny because when he started dating with my mo my mom, <laughs> they're still together now nowadays, and so he was like he was in love, blah, blah blah. They were in love, and suddenly he got like a a school in London to learn film scoring. So he like, okay, you got this program for five years, you can come here to study. Uh, but he was performing with like a really big musician in Cuba, so he was not having like a tough time in Cuba, like economically, like he was like learning a lot from that, from that musician that he still play with, plays with him. They have been together for like 30, 35 years, I think, playing. And then he was like, I love this career, but I'm already like, I'm already like, like fine. And he really wanted to do it, but he didn't. At that point, he, he told me like, I was young and I was in love. I had my job, blah, blah. And then he, when I told him, like, Dad, I want to learn this because I, he, is, even though he didn't go to the school, he does that. Like, uh, besides like doing concerts, he also composed music for ballet, for films. And every time that I hear like what he's doing with the films, it's like, oh my God, in Cuba. And I was like, I was so in love with that. And I was like, Dad, I want to do this too. And he's like. <laughs> he was like so excited and yeah, please do it for me, for you, mm -hmm. <laughs> for everyone. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And it's a really, I love the career. Like I love, I love that major. It's like 
really inspires me. And it's also very tough. Also, I need a lot of discipline here. And when I came to Berkeley, like I'm doing two majors, performance and film score. In performance, I'm, like, I'm learning about many uh, music styles. I, I started like learning about jazz. And coming from the classical background, it's like, it's really hard. Like we are training classical music to, you're gonna have everything in the paper. You're gonna learn everything. You don't need to like be so creative, just musically creative, but you don't have to like put any, any notes, any new notes. You just need to read, be musical, expressive. But when I came to Berkeley, they just showed me like, like the lychee. There was no, no notes. And I was like, what is this? Only, I only saw like G. Ah, first, first of all, when I came to Berkeley, I didn't know like voicings. I didn't know how to improvise. I didn't know anything. I just, I was classical. <laughs> I was like gotcha. a musician, totally. And then they showed me that and I was like, what is this? Where, where are the notes? And they showed me the, uh, so I started learning voicing chords, everything. I, I knew what was a chord and everything, but I never really like pay attention to it because in classical music, I had all everything there. So I was yeah, like, yeah, you do note for note. Yeah. Exactly. So now here at Berkeley, I had to like, so I came basically like, I had to like get back to when I was seven years old, baby steps, learning how to play contemporary music, jazz, Greek music, Spanish music, Brazilian music, even Cuban music. I started playing popular Cuban music when I came to Berkeley. I have to be honest. I never did it in Cuba. <laughs> And how do you think that's like affected your capacity for learning as a creator? Because like, you know, whether you're going to school for music or you're just playing music, it's easy to have tunnel vision and just be disciplined on that one thing. But it seems like between your influence of your dad, as well as your influence with Berkeley, um, and, and probably your peers too, you've tapped into like this new level of things you can do and learn with your instrument. Yeah, I, so, the good thing at Berkeley, like, since we have so much like diversity and people from everywhere, so I think I, I try to like get a little bit from everywhere, like mm -hmm. the sound, the harmony. My friends from like some of my uh, Middle Eastern friends, I don't want to say countries, but some of my Middle Eastern friends, like they kind of show me like, so we, we use this here, this scale and like, uh, like the um, ornamentation that they use. I kind of like try to get a little bit from that. And also, like, my friends from Argentina, I learned how to play tango. I learned how to play, like, uh, samba, bossa nova, music from Greece, from Greek, which was, like, one of my first gigs in Boston was playing Greek music. And I was like, I know nothing about this. But then my, my Greek friends, they were like, no, this is how you do it. And I've been learning so much. And it also helps me a lot using what I'm learning from there for my composition or like for my compositions in the film like some of the films are like ah, you have to like uh, uh, reflect like some like Celtic Celtic culture or uh, Spanish culture or Chinese culture so you need to get that sound instrumentation and that helps me a lot because some of the instruments that I've never seen in my life they are there are students at Berkeley who play them True. and that's amazing like I can use it I, I know how to how it works, how is the orchestration with that is, that's really cool. True, true. And like, what type of films do you aspire to score for? Like, are you into action, suspense, horror, so, cartoons? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I really, I have no, like, I really, I want to try. Like, I remember one of my, my first assignments at Berkeley was to get just a melody, the same melody. And I have to, like, and they gave me, like, heartbreaking horror movie, action, cartoonage, uh, many, so many, like, emotions and type of films. And they told me, you're going to use this melody and you're going to apply that for all of this. And I was like, the melody, the melody was like in a major, like major, major tonality. What do I do for the horror movie? With the major tonality. suspense. I was like, oh my god! But I, I did it. Sure. Then I, I have to admit, like I really love like kind of um, dark. Um, sorry, dark magic like movies. Uh, I like. I don't know if you have seen like. Um, the Shape of Water, that's... Um, I'm familiar with the score. Yeah, exactly. Like, I love... Yeah. One of my favorite composers is Alexander Desplat. I really love... And I, I can hear, like, he's from France, and you can hear the influence, and I love that. And I, I, I'm kind of like... He used a lot the piano, so that's like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's... So that's another thing, like, I had to, like kind of push the piano away to use the orchestra because for me it's like, no, I'm gonna put piano everywhere. So it's not like, True. they always told me like, no, use the orchestra. Okay, use the piano, but then just put it for the orchestra. For the orchestra, True. that's what I did. True, I can relate to that. So what are some of your goals post Berkeley life? I mean, you know, I've said this on many interviews, especially since the pandemic, like to plan for the future is a good and bad thing in a time of uncertainty. But like for you, uh, you definitely have been living a pretty disciplined life, it seems, which is very great. I, I love that. Um, but what are some of your goals or, or dreams or future plans for like post Berkeley, like when you're done? So first of all, after Berkeley, I would love to do a master. I don't want to just go into the industry before doing a master. Like, you know, that when you start like working and if you get a good job, that is like kind of hard to like get back to like student life <laughs> so i want to kind of like just continue as a student like i want to do a master even though i'm working at the same time of course but uh, after i do a master i which i would love to do in boston like i really love this city like i'm in love with boston not with the weather but the city amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after that um i would love to like go to la i think that for the for what I want to do, like, I really would love to, like, continue as a performer. I know it's hard. Everyone says, like, you cannot do that, but I think I can do it. Be a performer and also, like, a film composer or, like, just get inside in the, into the industry of, like, film, film scoring in L.A., which is, like, you know, the big deal. And some people tell me, like, you don't really need to go to L.A. to be a film composer. Of course, I know that. But I would love to, like, be in the, like, I would love to be there, like, like I want to work hard, know how it, it really is. Like Berkeley gave me like a, a sensation of uh, how, how it is. Like it's really like you don't sleep, you have to do a lot of things. And I really want to be uh, in the industry and see how it works. And then I, I don't know, if I can come back to Boston would be amazing. Also New York is like a really nice place as a performer, would be amazing. So I have to like, I know that as a performer also in LA, we'll, I, I can get some, so I can, do some stuff 
But like, I have to check. Also, like, I have to check the states. I haven't been to many places in the United States. I've only been in Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, and Maine, and Massachusetts. So I want to go a little bit that area mm -hmm. and how it how it is before I move up of Boston. Sure, sure. So I might be a little biased, but where in Pennsylvania did you go? So. I don't remember the name. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I live in Philly and I'm from Philly. Um, ah, Philly. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh, was Philly? <laughs> <laughs> now that you say the name, I was like, I know, right? We're, we're, yeah, we're forgettable, you know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I went there, but it was like a long time ago. And, gotcha. and I saw, I went to one of like the, the prettiest, like, small towns I've been. There is like a um, base, um, um, how do you call it, workshop? Here's something I found on the web. Floriashville.com. Uh, no, thank you. No. Black Mountain, North Carolina. Has been this is gold. <laughs> what is this? No. <laughs> that was definitely uh, Alexa. That's what happened Alexa. there. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm but so... you didn't say Alexa, which makes it crazier. Yeah, like that means that she's the whole time hearing you. Wait, That's so hold scary. on. I, I just need to know. This has never happened in a podcast interview ever. <laughs> this is funny enough that I'll keep it. But yeah. do you want? I'll keep it. <laughs> so you know, Alexa is hearing you the whole time, listening yes. to you the whole time. No, it's great. It's great. It's great. So, anyways, you were saying you were you were in a small town basis. Yes. Yeah. I have like a, a few like a friend from Berkeley. Like, uh, like we were three. Like we did like okay, let's go fix the base there. There was like a a really good place. Like I saw. I don't know how to say it in English. Like a workshop. Like they fix base. In oh, uh, luthier workshops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, luthier. Yeah, luthier. Yeah. So we went there, and the the town was like so small, but like pretty. And and we went in the in the summer, so it was way better than going in the, in the winter. True. So, true. Yeah, I love that. I really would love to like going. It's like it was like a really quiet place, but I true. loved it. True. True. You know. Um, what I like about your goals is a lot of that you could do all at the same time because yeah. it's not unheard of to be a touring musician and have a few contracts scoring projects for films. Uh, it's not unheard of to be teaching or learning more about music while you're also on tour. And like, as a touring artist, I, I've always believed is like, touring's one of the the most enjoyable but hardest things to do because like you are learning something new every day um but it's hard to do because it takes a certain level of social stamina and like yeah. whether we cross paths i mean we play different types of music i encourage you to do as much touring as you can and yeah. if this dream's not memes network can help you i'm willing to help you but yeah that, that sounds like a lot. i would definitely I, I i would definitely do it like i had a tour when the pandemic started i was gonna do wow. it with my band, like my my Patricia Ligia yep. podcast here as well. We have a band called Mestizas, and we were gonna do our first tour in Spain around Spain mm -hmm. uh, last summer, but the pandemic started, and a whole tour was. We were so sad, but but yeah, hopefully we can do it pretty soon. True, <laughs> when things are really cleared up. So yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I completely hear that. 
So I, I'd like to ask, like, while you're looking at yourself from what you're doing now, what you plan to do, what's the most satisfying thing about being a musician? <sighs> I really, so first of all, sharing music with other musicians, of course, with the audience, but when I'm composing with, with friends, like with my band, when I'm composing with them, and when we're like, okay, let's arrange this, or when, when we are like jamming, that's such a magical moment. And when, the, I don't know, when, for example, in my film um, projects, when I, have, when I need them to perform, like when I see that they are like enjoying what I compose, or like when we are just sharing someone's composition, composition it's like, I feel so, so grateful. That's like, I really love that, that from Berkeley, like we love like, because there are so many new things that we see in each other's composition because we are from all around the world. So it's like, that's like, you, you're not expecting that. And then you see like, like a harmonic progression or an ornamentation or a, a melody. And I, I learn every day just from my friends, from my, from my professors, of course, but from my friends. And of course, I love the, the idea of being a performer. I love to be there and I love to see people enjoying what, what we, what, so for example, I'm a solo player. And when I see people enjoying what I'm playing by myself, and then when I see people enjoying what I'm playing with the band, it's like, that's magical. And like, I love, I don't know, I love music. And that's one of the things that, that I love to be like a film composer. It's like the emotion, emotions. I love to, to change it to, how do you say, like play with emotions of people or help them to feel certain way. And I feel, I feel like music really makes you feel how it, like it changed your, your, uh, sorry. I'm trying to think about the word, uh, your, your day, uh, like your, your mood, it changed your mood. It helps you go like going forward or being sad or, and I really love that. And it's, that's magical. I, I, I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, especially at the level that you're writing music is like, you know, you're studying jazz, you're yeah. doing scoring and you're playing in a band. Uh, and the reality is, no matter what genre you play or community you're in, the better you get at this, the more you understand that, like, with sound, you could describe emotions. And by describing emotions, you're, like, connecting with people, whether they want to admit it or not. And it's that connection that really makes it all the much more worth it. Yeah, totally. Well, this has definitely been a good episode of Dreams Not Memes, and I want to say thank you for your time. And uh, to our listeners, socials will be in the description, and uh, I'll be sure to follow your journey and keep in touch. Okay, thank you. It's out. It's out. Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for donation information, or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.